0: Welcome back everybody, my name is Cyborg and I am joined by Temp once again And this time we are doing the review for Halloween 2 back in 1981 And that is the follow-up to John Carpenter's Halloween back in 1978 So if you haven't checked out our first review of Halloween 1978, go ahead and check that out Like I said, this one we are going to be covering Halloween 2, and if you aren't sure what's going on, we are going to be reviewing all of the Halloween movies in order leading up to the new movie. We're hoping to hit the new one as it comes out, so we'll see if we can do that. In the meantime, we're doing one at a time until we complete the whole series, and we hope to go on to other horror series after this. So with that said, let's get to the review. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Can I complain?
0: Good. All right. So in this film, this is a sequel, obviously, leading or following up from the original. And this was not a planned sequel. John Carpenter did not plan for a sequel lead, or following up from Halloween, the original. But, uh, you know, enough money thrown at your face, obviously. Uh, and it wasn't just a money thing. I think it was, if I recall... They were going to make a sequel anyways, so he's like, you know what? If you're going to make a sequel, then we at least, you know, he's at least going to try and make it right. So this is the one that I alluded to in the last one where he did a lot of writing under the influence. So I think it shows.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really, really, really shows.
0: (laughs) And he didn't direct this one. This one was directed by Rick Rosenthal. So, yep. Yep not uh not done by john carpenter so he was just the writer along with deborah hill and also noticeably different is the score of the movie it's less piano and more synthesizer or synth which i'm not hating i I love synthesizer and used in films but uh it it was a little different the whole movie just felt a little bit different in tone
1: it works in the in some parts. In some parts I like the synthesizer a lot. Not just like a little better, but I think it's a much better fit. But as a whole, it's it's very choppy. When it doesn't work, it's very noticeable. Right. And that's I feel like there's just less music in this one overall. I feel like uh, a lot of the ambience is gone in this one. And because there's no room for it, because in the mix there's a lot of extras, there's a lot more dialogue, the just the environments are noisier, just you're working with different set pieces, but um I mean honestly outside of the credits I don't even remember most of the music to tell you the truth. Well, and I I just saw this movie yesterday so
0: yeah, I mean right off the bat you're you're greeted by Mr. Sandman. So that's a catchy little tune.
1: Yeah, that was nostalgic. That was man, I remember cuz I, I like I said on the uh, previous review I saw Halloween 2 first before I saw the first Halloween. On a shitty VHS so that when that Mr. Sandman cued I'd forgotten that and that that really brought me back that was a big wave of nostalgia for me so right. that whole beginning uh, I really enjoyed seeing again
0: yeah no I, I like that a lot and once again we have good credits uh, this time you go inside the pumpkin or the jack-o'-lantern and it gets all creepy and spooky but yeah they stay pretty in line with the original credits and then Uh, As I've said before, this was not a planned sequel, so right off the bat, you can kind of see some of the differences. Even though they take place the same night, and they pick up right where it left off, like literally right where it left off, um, you see the the ending of the last movie once again. And then you see a different angle of Michael Myers going up and over the railing, except like I said, you can see it at, from a different angle. So it's odd. So you can actually see Michael like walk up a ramp <laughs> onto the railing. <laughs> like, it's not like he stumbled backwards and then tumbled over the railing. No, he, his feet were on top of the railing because he just walks. It's obvious that he just goes up a ramp. Uh, so that was kind of odd. Uh, I mean, it was like that in the first one, but just the different angle, it was less noticeable. Um, And one other change, which is weird, and that's that Loomis, since it carries on from the first one, this time Loomis, it goes right to him, you know, going out the door, and then he goes and actually observes the spot on the ground where Michael fell, and this time he's more surprised. Like, I kind of praised in the last one that Loomis kind of had that look like he knew this was going to happen, that he couldn't be stopped. But in this one, it kind of plays it up like he's shocked that he's still going. So I don't know. I don't know why they made that change. But much like this movie in general, they probably did a lot of things without thinking too hard about it.
1: Yeah, it's funny, though, because I was actually trying to think. I was in maybe you already mentioned this, but, do you know, if this was a reshoot or were they using previous footage and mix it with new footage?
0: I'm pretty sure they were using previous footage and mixing it with new footage.
1: Because, I mean, I I feel like... I don't know. I feel like they went with the previous cut in the first one, where he just has that ominous look instead of the surprise look. It doesn't really make sense with how they wrote the character in this one, where he's just crazy and manic and just screaming, you know, we gotta get Michael. Because he was kind of doing that in the first movie, but just, I don't know, he, he seemed a little more... Even more so unstable in this one, Lo- Loomis felt very different in this movie. Yes, it, c- especially considering that there's no transition. The movie just kind of bleeds into part two, and I don't know. We'll probably get into that a bit later, but um, so, yeah, yeah uh, they, I think uh, they knew there was a tonal difference.
0: No, I agree with you. It Loomis definitely felt quite different. Um, yeah, I mean, just carrying on from the opening scene, we see Michael. We kind of see from his point of view, he's trying to hide and stay, kind of lay low a bit. And then he comes across a family, takes the knife out of the kitchen right next to the ham off the cutting board. And then the lady, you know, comes across blood and then he ends up killing some girl, you know, right next door to them for no reason. You know, that's kind of what Michael does. He just kind of kills. So that was odd. I find it odd that he kills that girl, which he didn't have to, but then like all the kids and people on the street that he passes by later in the movie. Like, no, nah, he's just blending in at that point. Like he's on a mission to go find Laurie Strode. Like he's trying to finish the job with the one that got away. So I just thought that was interesting that he let the couple live, the old couple, but I don't know. It was like very picky and choosy, which was weird.
1: I guess. I mean, you can really feel the new director in this movie. Cause there's a lot of really strange choices. Um, my, my, I imagine like most of the people he was killing had some resemblance or some semblance of Lori, and the old people just didn't match the profile, so they didn't have that innate rage associated with Michael Myers. I mean, another, I mean, we have to t- we briefly alluded to it in the previous video, but we need to talk about the imprint in the lawn when Michael Myers fell off the balcony. <laughs> like, it's so silly looking. Now, and it's also completely unrealistic, because in order for that imprint to have happened, would have had to perfectly distribute his body weight when he hit the ground he basically had to land like a starfish doesn't really make <laughs> a lot of sense um so it's just like it's like why did you show me that director did, did you not think i was going to believe that he landed on the grass if i didn't see like a looney tune silhouette or imprint i, I just so michael that, that...
0: <laughs> michael myers always lands
1: on his feet he's like a cat <laughs> <laughs> it's like a triple backflip <laughs> yeah. <It's the> <laughs> There's a dude with a little sign that says 10 on it yeah. in the background.
0: I well, like I have it. a reason. I, I didn't thought about it when I brought it up, but I do have a reason for why he killed that girl and not anybody else in that beginning part. And that's yeah. because that's something... I remember watching the documentary on this one a while back, and basically John Carpenter didn't feel like this... like He felt like fans were more bloodthirsty by this point, especially this is post-Friday the 13th at this point. So he thought you know, we need to enter more blood and more gore and just more kills here to keep people interested. So I'm pretty sure that one at the beginning where he pops up and kills that girl in her house for no reason was a result of that. Like the director wasn't actually the one pushing for that. It was John Carpenter who kind of came back at the last minute for reshoots and shot that scene to gore it up a bit or you know add the add to the body count make sure there's one right off the bat which a lot of horror movies do these days especially
1: i can believe it i mean it's um it's not really a surprise it's also just sequelitis too just the idea of you know you got you got up everything up to 11 now if you did it in the first movie it's you gotta do it bigger this time and um yeah, that, that's a really... I think that's going to be common in, in a lot of this review. We're going to see a lot of that everywhere. I mean, just the cast is bigger. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, if we're covering characters, like half of them I didn't even have like a note about. <laughs> just because they're so minor. I don't even know if they had a name. So yeah, it's definitely a noticeable difference from the first one, which had very, very few characters. And it was kind of easy to keep track of who was who. Like, there was so many nurses in there that I, d- I just in my notes i just put nurse like i don't i don't know who that one in particular was so the
1: breakout character was jimmy and jimmy doesn't do shit jimmy basically just stares at jamie lee curtis for about 45 minutes of the movie and just kind of wheedles out by the final act you never see him again um
0: yeah i got a note on him as well but uh so just covering yeah right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly singular <laughs> notes i have notes I mean, you yeah i have some note about him um <laughs> so yeah kind of continuing along with my notes here before we get to the characters michael so it was interesting that along michael's path basically you know in his in the beginning scenes where he's stumbling around trying to figure out what he's going to do next it was interesting You you run into a couple weird things um, one I, I did like is that Night of the Living Dead is on the TV this time, so they're kind of paying homage once again to a classic horror film. And then you have the little kid with the razor in their tongue. You ever hear about that, like the urban myth? I didn't.
1: Or urban I, legend. I know about it because I Wikipedia'd after I saw the movie. So when I, during that scene, I had no idea what his injury was. I, I was looking at him. I was like. It's a big ass thing he's got against his face, but it never <laughs> occurred to me that he ate a razor. I just thought like he was injured, and he had a big ass thing against his face. It never even occurred to me that they were trying to play off of little you know, Halloween urban me- like legends about right. razors and candy and shit. And that's real, by the way. That happened in my hometown. Well, not not sure even when I was is. that young. So that 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 does happen. Oh, I'm sure it
0: has happened. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's got a he or she. I don't even remember what the kid's gender was. Doesn't matter. So they had a a razor in their tongue like you could actually see it in the movie it was a really dark film i mean that in general it was hard to tell what the hell was going on in yeah. some of those scenes but yeah the kid had a razor in their tongue just like sticking out which was odd but so that they threw that in i think that was added filler i don't believe that was one of the original scenes that was one of those added in shots from John Carpenter. I don't know if that was a John Carpenter shot, but either way, I know that was something that was added in at, at a later point. So then I did find it interesting that Michael finds out where Lori was taken because he bumps into the kid with the radio in the street. I thought that was a pretty clever way of allowing Michael to continue chase.
1: Yeah, I mean it works. I it's um I, I mean if they didn't have that scene, I probably would have just taken it on Faith that you know michael myers knows what he's doing um, cuz there's there's so much of that already there there's uh, it's you don't want to overanalyze too much of any part of this movie cuz this movie i mean especially or well, we'll get into that later but um this movie, you take a lot on faith with michael myers in, in this movie cuz it just kind of all kind of perfectly falls together uh but yeah that was a good scene i mean i like the idea i like the idea of random people running into michael myers cuz that's when it's the scariest in my opinion it's like okay right. what's going to happen you know
0: Yeah, I mean, that adds to his creep factor in that there are people that just run into him on the streets and he just completely ignores them. It's just, it gives you that, kind of like what we talked about in the last review of it, it just gives you that mystery of what makes this guy tick, what's his motives, why is he doing this, why does he choose the victims he chooses. I like that, and I, I like the idea that people just bump into him and he's like, does not give a crap at all and he just continues moving because he has his own motives. So I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, Then we also see, it was right around this time, a little bit before that scene, we see somebody in a Michael Myers-esque costume, which it's not really surprising that somebody, you know, another person would have that mask, because we did learn in the first one that it was just stolen from the hardware store or whatever, as it was a popular Halloween mask. So it's not like it was, you know, completely out of the blue that somebody else was wearing the same mask that he was, even though it had really, like, light hair. So I guess Michael Myers spray painted his a little bit. <laughs> it's just funny. He's, he
1: know, puts... he's also blonder in this movie. I feel like he seems blonder in general. So I don't know. It's hard. I, yeah. I mean, I it's, the, that too.
0: it's the same mask from the original, but them not planning to make a sequel. I'm pretty sure they kept that mask under somebody's bed I don't know if it was the producer or the writer. I forget whose bed, uh, whose bed exactly it was that they kept it under, but they just kept it under a bed. They didn't, like, preserve it or anything. So you can see the wear in the mask. It looks more stretched out. It has a lot more flesh tone co- coming through because the white paint is wearing off. And, yeah, the hair is lighter. So, yeah, you can definitely tell it's a little bit more worn, but it is indeed the same mask from the first. It looks a lot different. That's for sure. It, doesn't it just doesn't different.
1: fit the head as well. It's loose.
0: It's yeah, I and mean, it's a different actor playing Michael, so that sure. that also plays a factor. I'm sure different head sizes and so on and so forth. But yeah, so we see somebody wandering across the street because you know why not? <laughs> it's Halloween night. You're <laughs> gonna run into kids and people in costumes. Well, this particular person's not only wearing the mask of Michael Myers, but also <laughs> the same coveralls. So it's like the same getup down to a T. It's like this person. Had seen this killer somehow before even though this is all the same night which I thought was kind of interesting that he had the costume down. San- well, yeah, it's
1: not even like a <laughs> shtick. Like, it's like haunted auto mechanic. Like, I don't know why <laughs> they would sell that. It's a two piece. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. I
0: don't, I don't know. Did Michael Myers copy him or did he copy Michael Myers? <laughs> it's like we're both wearing the same thing. One of us has to change type of deal. Though Michael Myers to my recollection never walked around with like a what was that, a Halloween candy bag that he was holding? Like, yeah, he was, he was, he was, a. One. Yeah, he, was just like a or he was holding on to like an orange candy bag. So it's a little funny to think of Michael Myers holding on to a candy bag to blend in. <laughs> just like, I don't know. It's not what I would imagine. It's just like.
1: After I'm done killing Laurie, I'm going to enjoy all this sweet candy. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, you know, some for the road. It's a long night. <laughs> he was shot six
1: times! <laughs>
0: So uh, yeah. Anyways, so he just starts wandering across the street because people are like, "Oh, there he is!" And then Loomis is about ready to unload on this guy, and then he's just flailing it, so ready to put six more shots into him. And then yeah, he just <laughs> wanders across the street. And then this is probably the best part of the movie. All of a sudden. <laughs> All of a sudden, the guy just, like, looks down the road. <laughs> I was like, you see this car? It's a police car, I think. And it just, like, can't stop and just smashes into the guy. And it carries, it carries him for, like, 30 feet onto the front of the car. It smashes into a van. It's just so random. And then it just <laughs> It's so over the top It's like you can't just hit him And then him roll over the hood or anything It's him stuck on the grill In the front of the car Carried into a van That explodes And not only does it explode He's just there engulfed in complete flames It's just like complete overkill The only thing that would have made it better Is if Loomis then proceeds to shoot him Six times As
1: he's on fire
0: Oh man that was hilarious.
1: So I mean, there's like no follow-up to it too. Like they well, first of all, after it happens, they're like, So uh, you think it was Michael? Like there's no like yeah. real reaction to it, first of all. And second of all, like we never really hear about the scene again until like maybe forty five minutes later, they make <laughs> one reference to it. So well, when the credits started ruin, I was like, What was the point of that scene? <laughs> hold on.
0: We did uh the guy that was driving the car was like came out of nowhere it's like dude the guy was barely stumbling across the street very slowly that guy was going like
1: like 55 miles per hour in a fucking neighborhood
0: (laughs) i know like he was going and not only that but he kept going after he made impact like he kept going all the way until he made impact with the van like usually you hit somebody you slam on your brakes or something i would assume but yeah he just uh that was hilarious. Like that had to have been done for comedy. That was there's no way they oh, I meant know that to I be done. tragic.
1: They had all this fucking money and realized we like after like four hundred thousand are like we're done. What what else do we want to do? Like we, we paid for the we paid for the extras, we paid for the neighborhood reserve. What do you want to do? Well, let's blow up a fucking kid. So that's what they did. Like that has to be it. That's where the extra two point five million dollar budget came from. It went into that, you know. <laughs> unexpected <laughs> unnecessary car explosion in, in a horror movie so yeah
0: oh boy that i just laughed out loud when i saw that earlier i was just like oh my like i just oof, busted out laughing it was just so random but so awesome like over the that's something you would see in like a comedy spoof action movie or something you would not that was just so out of place, but so awesome.
1: <laughs> like, it had a Family
0: Guy element to
1: it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't,
0: You remember that one time where Michael Myers was walking across <laughs> the street during Halloween? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just so random. But you're right. It does get some follow-up. They find out later when they're examining the corpse that like, the dental records match that of like a 17-year-old, whereas Michael Myers is 21. Then some kids show up to like talk to loomis and the other police officers and they say you know ben tramer who was laurie's <laughs> the one that laurie had a date set up with <laughs> <laughs> so, so, poor
1: ben tramer did not make it past the night so i did not know that i did not make that connection that's so interesting so ben tramer the one that
0: Annie set up Lori with on a date, just got railroaded by that car and put into a van and blown up and burned to death. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that was their that was their callback to the first one. It's also kind of ironic when you think about it, that the 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 guy she's interested in is dressed up exactly like Michael Myers, who's yeah. trying to kill her. <laughs>
1: I don't know, maybe dodge a bullet. Yeah.
0: Something I up mean, with that Ben. Could have been the same guy. I don't know. But maybe they're twins or something. The Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger style. Uh oh, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. That was Yeah, it was just odd. I love the scene. I would not want them to remove that. Like, I'm so glad it's there. The fact that they followed up with Ben Tramer and he just got dominated <laughs> just, <laughs> randomly. <laughs> just randomly. Just <laughs> randomly. Maybe I mean, he also yeah, I was just saying maybe he was distraught that Lori was, you know, tried to, you know, maybe somebody tried to kill her and he was just he drank a lot because they said he was drunk or some like Ben Tramer was drunk and he was leaving a party. I don't know. It's just crazy. I don't even know how to explain the whole series of events.
1: <laughs> well, should we mention the fact that? You know, Loomis kind of killed that kid. Like, Loomis basically (laughs) charged him, swinging a fucking pistol, screaming his fucking mouth off. Oh, my God. I I would have done the same thing. I would have gone awkwardly in the other direction, too. Like,
0: I don't know. So you're blaming Loomis for the reason why he crosses the road because he's scared about why this crazy old man and these police officers are starting to, like, finger this guy. And then he's just like, oh, I'm getting out of here. i'm just just gonna wander with my little candy bag that doesn't have like anything in it dude was so fucking drunk that he just
1: he had no idea what's going on i mean a lot of weird things had to happen for that kid to get smashed (laughs) and then caught on fire a lot of moving pieces for this to work out perfect it's like a rube goldberg machine just to kill ben dreamer
0: (laughs) What's this? Lori has one more friend out there, someone that she cares about. (laughs) Let's just (laughs) smash that guy with a car. (laughs) All right. So yeah, that whole thing happened. I thought that was highly enjoyable. I think the movie's gonna get rated a little bit better just for that one scene existing. Uh... (laughs) That's ridiculous. I don't even like, and they take no accountability for that either.
1: (laughs) None. It's so (laughs) weird. (laughs) Like it's like a kid died and they're watching fucking got hit by a car smash and caught on fire. Like it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's crazy. You,
0: you would think that would I dunno like that's Whew. I don't even They just pretty much caused that kid's death in conjunction with the other guy that was recklessly driving. And I doubt that guy's even gonna get prosecuted. Like it just seemed like it's just like no harm, no foul. It was an accident.
1: Sometimes you blow up a kid, you know, just part of the job. I guess we
0: got more important things to worry about. I don't even know. Did you know Michael's on the loose? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this. I don't even know. Um, so. Uh, The next thing I have down here scene wise is when the so Michael at this point has already gotten to the hospital because of the kid walking with the radio. So he already knows and uh, the security guard is walking around because he hears some noises over by the dumpster and he goes to investigate the dumpster and a cat jumps out. And I don't know what it is, but why is it always like a cat used as a fake out for a jump out? For like a jump scare, that's so that's so common in horror movies. I don't get
1: it. It's a super awkward cat too. Like they get to the zoom in on his face. Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, why is like why are all security guards in these movies chubby? <laughs> <Like he's just laughs> over I don't get it. He's
1: yeah. got the the stash.
0: Yeah, he's pretty stereotypical there. Uh, and then we have Lori, who's having dreams of Michael. So she's basically having. As she's sleeping in the hospital bed, she's having dreams or flashbacks we're not really sure of. When she was younger, we learn that she's adopted, and then we see her seeing Michael when he's younger. So at one point, she had seen him. And they're kind of alluding to it, which we already know, that he is somehow connected to her, that they're family, that she's his sister. So it's kind of the big revelation of the movie, so to speak, even though most people these days already know that about the films uh yeah and that's kind of them that's kind of how uh that's one of those things where john carpenter explains that to his drinking while he was writing this because i don't think that was originally his intent in the first movie by any means this was just kind of him pulling something out of his ass to keep the story going or to add more plot to it than just a random guy
1: goes on a killing spree which is so weird to me because they felt it was so so important to explain why he wanted to kill Lori, but they never explained how he can drive a car. They never explained why he's able to take 12 bullets and not die. Never explained. Um, there's all these things that don't really work out upon analysis, but that, that that's the thing they had to explain. It's like, no, audiences will not accept the fact that she's not his sister. I, I don't know. That's weird to me. That is so strange to me. Especially because,
0: I mean, he killed other people all along the way. It's not like there was something special about Lori. The only thing special about Lori is, as we discussed in the last one, is that she just, she was lucky that she wasn't allowing herself to be vulnerable. So she was just last. She wasn't, or she was just, you know, she was saved for last in that particular grouping because it's just happenstance. In fact, she would have probably been the easiest to go after out of all of them just because she was i don't know who knows either way
1: i feel like the explanation was already there anyway he wanted to kill Lori because he tried to kill her before and he failed and he made her right or, right she made him bleed so now it's payback you cut me i cut you that's all that was fine i don't i don't need this convoluted story about like how like he's like you know a blood relative from like years back and spent years and or decades just kind of that's a retcon, by the way. I read that on the Wikipedia. Apparently, they changed it from 15 years to 21 years. Super unnecessary, in my opinion. But I mean, they did it. it it's on. It's, it's harmless too. I mean, this is mostly a nitpick. I just it feels strange to me. 15 they years went to that,
0: 21 years for what? That's
1: what the Wikipedia said for the uh, the the incarceration of Michael Myers.
0: Huh. So that well, in the movie they said 15 years. In this movie, they said 15 years. Uh, let's see
1: let me find the because
0: uh... he said it was something like the 15th anniversary i remember them saying that in the film loomis said it was the 15th anniversary of when michael myers killed his sister so i don't okay, know so... either way i mean it's not
1: that important but well the exact line and this is wikipedia so this is bullshit but the exact line is while michael myers is said to have committed the crime 15 years ago and well i think i got the numbers wrong so i think they changed it to 15 years but the exact line of wikipedia is the plot twist of laurie being michael myer's sister required a recon of the timeline between judith's murder and the events depicted in the first halloween so i'm not sure what they changed exactly but it's just a long way to go for a plot point it just seems like a lot of traveling time right just to make laurie his sister
0: yeah i don't know uh let's move on to something i'm sure a lot of people want us to discuss and that's that hot scene in the hydrotherapy tub i don't know if it's cool in 2018 to rate how hot someone's body is but i gotta ask what would you rate bud's ass out of 10 Uh,
1: 140 degrees yeah
0: that's that's appropriate So, yeah, uh, the scene, obviously, we see Bud and Random Nurse that I never got the name of, and they are fooling around in this hydrotherapy tub. She she thinks it's too hot, so it's odd because she's like, it's too hot, Bud. It's too hot. Why don't you get out and go fix (laughs) it? It's like, if it's too hot for you... Why don't you get out of the tub that you find too hot? Like, if it's he goes uncomfortable. And
1: she stays in the tub a longer.
0: That's what I'm saying. It's like, if it's, if it's getting increasingly more hot as you sit there, you would think you would want to just get out of the tub. But uh, anyway, so she's sitting there. Bud gets killed in the background. <clears throat> and uh, so then Michael comes in. This is where it gets really weird. Michael comes in from behind and he like puts his hand on her shoulder and then she like starts rubbing it. But he's not like doing anything like this is odd. I mean, Michael's one to play tricks. We, we covered that in the last one. He still kind of has that childlike trickster in him where he likes to mess with people before he kills them. But this was like the first like sexual that I can recall where he's just kind of putting his hand on her shoulder. She then starts to like put it on her ch- like he she moves it down to her chest and then <clears throat> starts like sucking on his finger. So weird. And then he and the pulls it back. The finger has like oil marks on <laughs> it. Yeah, it's just uh, gross. Right? Like it must taste awful. And then he pulls it away and then that's when she like realizes, you know, it's not it's not Bud and then he proceeds to dunk her in there several times as it's getting hotter and hotter. So, that's that. There's
1: boobs. Yeah. What's brutal about that <laughs> scene is, uh, well, it's not just boobs, but it's like scalding boobs. I like know. it's very. And I remember as a kid just being like, oh, this is awful because he brings her back up for air so she doesn't drown. He wants right. to make sure she boils. And that's what makes it so rough. That's what makes it so hard to
0: watch. Yeah, it's like torture at that point, for sure. Which, yeah, which Michael doesn't really do. I mean, he's not really a torture guy. He's more of a I kill you guy. It's pretty straight to the yeah. point. He doesn't seem to, at least to this point, obviously we're only on the second movie, but his MO from what I recall is pretty much, I just stab you and you're done or I strangle you. You're done.
1: He's very efficient. He's very clean.
0: Yes. So, and then we move on to, you know, he writes, he, we go to a scene where they, Loomis and the, the police officers, they go to the school and he's written Sam Hain on the chalkboard, put the knife on the picture indicating a sister, which they immediately get, like, <laughs> like, sister, sister, like, they did, like, they, the world's greatest detectives, apparently. So this is just all odd. It's building up the storyline that Laurie's a sister and Sam Hain, or however you pronounce that, some Halloween tradition. And then we get, I don't know, I, just throughout this movie, I'm just, it just feels so weird. It does feel very different it is. You can definitely feel the influences of the slasher genre at this point. Like You can tell that they are not trying... Well, I mean, they're trying to stick to the original, but they're introducing a lot more slasher cliches, and it's less artsy, so to speak, and starting to be a bit more paint-by-the-numbers. Um, we do get some awesome visuals, though, throughout the film. One that I particularly noted down was... It's an awesome visual when Michael fades in from the darkness after the nurse finds uh, Dr. Mixture, who's like the drunk doctor <laughs> that is treating Laurie. <laughs> like I read there's like, it's like a passing line towards the beginning of the film when Laurie gets brought in and they're saying is, is there a doctor here and he's like well, Dr. Mixture, but he's drunk or something like that. And he's just like <laughs> comes in and starts treating her. It's just so <laughs> odd, like once again just another random thing that they threw in there for no reason apparently. And that's it. I think
1: the next time you see him, I think he's dead. Yeah. I don't think he has any screen time after that.
0: Pretty sure. And yeah, another random nurse finds his body with a needle jabbed into his eye. And then that's when it has that awesome visual, which is a callback to the first one. This one is actually, I don't know if it was done better or not, but it has actually done really well where the mask fades in from the darkness and it actually looks really, really good. And then he grabs her and puts the needle into the side of her head, which, all right uh so odd uh and then we got another awesome visual that i marked down here where michael's silhouette is behind the curtain while jimmy and random nurse are looking for lori after she left the room which i did find that scene funny when michael goes in there to kill lori and he just like he doesn't even look like his heart's into it in this film. Like he's just like, he, he's not even looking down. Usually he'll look at his hand or he'll look at his victim, but this time he's just like staring straight forward. And then he just randomly starts jabbing with his hand, like doing the slashing motion. But he's just staring straight forward. Like he just doesn't
1: seem, just doesn't seem as excited this time. I mean, perhaps you can attribute it to the. I mean. It could be the whole, like, he's had a long night kind of thing. (laughs) He's like, I'm ready to go to sleep. He's cranky at this point. I (laughs) got my candy. Let's kill Lori. Let's
0: call it, okay? He's like, I've been Um, shot
1: six times.
0: (laughs) I'm ready to go home, get my juice box. (laughs) Anyways, so we see another scene where Jimmy comes across another random nurse and somehow like i said just like in the first movie a lot of people have no peripheral vision so they he he walks up to her notices that she's bleeding out from a tube and then all of a sudden he looks down at the ground and you see the entire floor is pretty much covered in blood like it is just a massive puddle and then he goes and turns around and just slips and he's knocked out it's odd it was just odd. like and I don't even understand. Slaps. Yeah, I don't even it was understand. Like slapstick, I couldn't believe that happened. <laughs> it was just missing like the banana peel noise, where like <laughs> shoot.
1: I don't know. It's odd. And again, that dude is pretty much done for the movie. The next, he has one more scene that doesn't really go anywhere, and that that's that's it. Like, that right, was right, Jimmy. Right. That was our great love interest. Everybody.
0: Yeah, another scene we have here is when random nurse is looking for Laurie. And then all of a sudden, Michael comes up behind her when she finally does find Lori. Uh, Michael's there and stabs her in the back with the weird little scalpel-looking thing and then holds her up. And then as she's being held up in the air, her head drops and then her shoes fall off and hit the ground. Funny little, just a little ad-lib thing, I'm sure. And then rounding out here, we're almost at the end of the high notes here or I guess the little notable things when Laurie discovers the security guard's body and Michael is closing in slowly down there in like the boiler room or whatever that's actually a pretty intense moment I do give him credit for that like when Michael's closing in on her and the red light and all the the lighting and stuff and she's trying to figure out where to go and she spots a window and she kind of climbs up there she's it takes her so long that like, Michael actually gets within striking distance, and I thought that was actually paced pretty well. I I, I was sitting there like, oh, God. I already know what happened. <laughs> so it was just still, yeah. like, it was still one of those that I thought was pretty intense. Uh, I'd agree.
1: Yeah, no, no no, critique there. And
0: then I do like how Loomis puts the gun to the officer's head who's driving the car. So he's in the back of the car, The the not the police car, but the the mental hospital or whatever car forget what it's called and he's he's talking to her and that's when they discover the whole sister thing or she tells him about this hidden record that wasn't open that even loomis didn't know about and that michael myers to are to protect laurie that they sent her to a foster home and that's when loomis threatens the officer and says we need to turn around and go back or go to the hospital and I like how Loomis puts the gun next to the officer's head. And the officer says, in a very, like, calm and cool manner, like, he just doesn't even care that Loomis puts a gun to his head. He's just like, Dr. Loomis, you're getting yourself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> like, he's just, like, so calm, cool, and collected about it. And then Loomis shoots the window out as, like, a, a, warning, a warning shot. And then and then he's like, oh, shit, I better get out of here. Oh, he means business. Like, he didn't think the loaded gun next to your head was... Wasn't good enough, but I. It's
1: right. so typical, dude, with a mustache, kind of acting. <laughs> those, it's, it's those midwestern dudes. mustache guy. I can't even <laughs>
0: explain it. It's the best I got. Uh, and then we got. So, at this point, Loomis and the officer do reach the hospital. Right before that, I guess we do have Laurie making it out to the car to hide, and that's what you mentioned before, where Jimmy comes in. He gets in the car with Laurie. He's like, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be fine, but you can tell he's pretty out of it. He, he might have a concussion here. And then all of a sudden, he just passes out with his face on the horn, making a ton of noise like an idiot. And then she takes him off the horn, but in a cruel twist of fate, she takes him off the horn to stop making noise. But then as soon as she crawls out, Loomis and them arrive, but she can't like muster up like her voice just because of the she's so beaten down that she can't get herself to scream. So then all the noise that was happening before would have helped her like <laughs> lead them to her but that's just the way it goes. And Yeah, that was a
1: frustrating scene. That was yes. that, that was really hard to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then when they finally make it inside that's when she can muster a scream out and then they somehow don't hear her. But then they do see Michael come in to the <laughs> come in. He walks in through the glass door, which is great. The steel beams, you know, the steel handles mean nothing to him. He's just <laughs> like, he just walks straight through. He gets shot another six times, and then he goes down. And the dumb officer, like a complete idiot, he starts to like go up to Michael to like examine the body. But then Loomis warns him, you know, stay away from him. He's still breathing. The officer's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And then Loomis like stops paying attention. He starts consoling. The other guy, or whatever, the nurse that he's with from the mental institution, and then all of a sudden, as he's not paying attention to the officer, then's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go up to him and examine his body once again, <laughs> even though we just went over this." The mustache dude. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like we just went over this. Not even one minute ago. And then, yeah, he gets his throat slashed, of course, and then Michael's getting back up. So, yeah, it's uh, this leads up to the end, and yada, yada, yada. Loomis, Lori have a final showdown with Michael. Michael ends up stabbing Loomis because Loomis' gun... Just isn't loaded for some reason. He does give Lori a gun. So maybe he gave her the wrong gun. Maybe he was purposely trying to sabotage her. You take this unloaded gun. I'm going to take the one with bullets. (laughs) And there was old switcheroo on accident. He forgot which goblet was poison. So then uh, he gets stabbed. And then he starts flailing about. And then uh, Michael goes after Lori. Lori shoots both of his eyes out. And he starts flailing around like a madman with his little scalpel. Just, like, endlessly flailing for, like, three minutes straight. Just, like, dude, just commit to a side and start <laughs> start going for the walls. Don't just stand in place swinging about. And well, then... his
1: perspective didn't change either. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, she's still in front of you even if you're blind. I know. Go, go forward. M- move forward. <laughs> like, I just know. So Process
0: by elimination. <laughs> like, go up. Eliminate that corner out of the equation. But no, that does not happen. Then Loomis blows up him and Michael. Laurie escapes. Michael's body in a clearly, in a a fire suit because he is bulky as hell all of a sudden. Comes out, he walks a few feet and then falls down. This is where the movie ends. You hear Mr. Sandman playing and Laurie is sitting in the ambulance. Everything's all good. There was going to be an extra scene that they did shoot because I did see footage of it, but it's not in the final theatrical cut, I don't believe. And that's jimmy basically you see a, a body rise up like sit up while Lori's in the ambulance and it's supposed to be like one last scare and it's a body that's covered in a sheet and it sits up but it ends up being jimmy so he's just like pulls the sheet
1: off that would have been nice yeah. that would have been cool like that first of all like that would have made all the build-up with jimmy make sense right right and yeah okay that's
0: interesting so I don't know why that wasn't included out of all the things. I mean, that couldn't have been more than 20 seconds of footage. But uh, I do remember seeing that footage. So I know it was shot. So anyways, so that's the movie. And overall thoughts of the movie before we get into the characters. Oh, man. man. Uh,
1: it's it's a mess. Like, it's just a, it's a lot of shit happening at the same time. And it just jumps from set piece to set piece. And it just... Man, I was exhausted watching this movie. I was so tired, but it picks up hard in the last 25 minutes. Like last 25 minutes, it really comes together nicely. Um, but god, it just uh it's like okay, well now we're in the house in the second movie. Okay, we're now we're at the, the crime scene. Okay, well, well now we're you know, we're we're street walking with Michael Myers. Okay, now a kid blows up, all right. And, and then the, the next it just keeps going. Then we're in the hospital, then we meet Jimmy. Who's Jimmy? Here's the doctor. Like, oh my god just it's so it's so distract it's the movie's just muddled like it was a very difficult sitting for me what do you think
0: yeah i mean over the like over the series this one has always to me been like a second or third favorite in the franchise because obviously there's a lot of low points of the franchise but i mean i, I don't i don't know i don't think the movie's bad but when you have the first movie as good as it is, this definitely is a considerable drop in quality, but also just in atmosphere and tone and the way it's shot and the way everything is presented and the way Michael's presented and the way Laurie is presented and the way Loomis is presented. like It definitely feels like a noticeable departure. And it's not, I think the noticeable departure is even more noticeable because it's supposed to take place on the same night and when you have characters acting as different as they do, and just the tone and everything as different as it is on that same continuation of that same night, it's definitely noticeable, jarring. I don't know how else to describe it, but I don't know. It's not that I don't enjoy the movie. I've seen it a few times over the years, and I still enjoy it for what it is. It has its high points, but yeah, it's just it doesn't come close to the original by any stretch. Um. yeah it's just it's the tone it's just the way things it's the way things are shot uh, we can get into the characters and we can kind of obviously come back to the overall movie in our opinion but getting to the, some of the characters and there's really not a whole lot to talk about with some of these characters just because I don't know it's just like I said it just lacks a lot of the Details and the memorable stuff that the original has. Uh, First on the bat, here we have Sheriff Brackett, who's barely in the movie. He returns from the first one. He's Annie's father. We see him come across, you know, he's notified that Annie is dead, which once he reacts to that and blames Loomis, saying it's all his fault, then he pretty much just goes away. No, obviously, but
1: I don't know. Not a whole lot
0: of impression this guy left here.
1: I didn't glad even. They at least observed they needed to have that scene because it would have been so strange if you know the right. sheriff's daughter died and it's just never acknowledged.
0: Agreed on that point, and I, I wasn't even sure if it was the same actor. Like he looked really different to me. I did look it up, and it is the same guy, but just weird to me. I don't know. Like in that scene with Laurie in the original, where he, "How you doing, Laurie?" Everyone's entitled to a good scare, huh? Where he's like overreact, overacting. I don't know. He just looked very different in the scene. It just. Look like a, a guy that looks similar to him and just didn't seem like the same guy. But He, he looked, was significantly yeah. aged. He looks just kind of
1: rough in the face. Even though it's only been like Features three years. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like <laughs> yeah, that's what alcohol does to you, man. <laughs> it's a hard industry. So
0: next up we have, uh we already talked about doctor mixtures. Really not a whole lot to add to that guy. Uh, one notable character out of all the doctors and nurses was Bud. And he was the one that was in the high... Hi- 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 in the hydrotherapy, I want to say chamber, but it's it's a pool. It's a little spa. Anyways, he's uh, he's interesting. He does that little quote, Amazing Grace, come sit on my face, don't make me cry, I need your pie. I think that was ad-libbed <laughs> by the actor, I'm pretty sure. So, that's a funny, weird little line. He was interesting character he's your typical
1: horror movie (laughs) pervert yeah he was very much embodying the the slasher perv asshole almost like the jock douchebag but the nurse version i guess (laughs) so
0: yeah not a whole lot to say about him so it really just kind of unless you have anybody else to talk about it really leads to the big three which is the big three throughout the whole franchise for the most part you have loomis you have the leading lady lori and Michael Myers. Did you have anybody else to cover,
1: other than Ben Tramer, who
0: <laughs> rest in peace, Ben Tramer?
1: <laughs> I can't remember her name, but I'm gonna say uh, the nurse who reprised her role from the first one. Yeah, uh, I thought she was decent. Uh, I didn't recognize her like at all, but uh, I looked. It Neither up did Loomis. <laughs> yes. He's like, it's like, dude, you haven't seen her for like what a day. I'm pretty sure it was
0: only like a day that it took him to travel from like to go and find Michael. Cause that all, the first movie all took place on one day, if I remember right. So I like, dude, you just saw her when he escaped the night before, I guess. So yeah, it only been like a day or two tops
1: since he saw her. And she had way more screen time. Like they gave her a mu- much meatier role this time. Maybe that's so. why I didn't recognize. I was like, you were hardly, <laughs> I get to
0: see Donald Pleasant.
1: You were hardly in the last movie. <laughs> you were in it for like six seconds. <laughs> I was going to say that you beat me by Anyways, yeah, she was she was in this one a lot more for sure. And that's all I can think of. I feel like I feel like I'm leaving someone out, but I can't think of anyone else.
0: Yeah, I don't think so because I mean, you have all the nurses that were pretty minor and didn't really do much. You had oh Jimmy, I guess Jimmy. Anything else you wanted to add to Jimmy? Uh, No, nothing. I I can't think of anything. There's the security guard. He didn't really do much. There was the people on the streets. There was the kid with the thing in their tongue. Yeah, no, there wasn't really. It was all pretty much centered on the hospital this time rather than the neighborhood. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the big three. Let's go ahead and tackle Loomis here. So right off the bat, the thing I did notice about Loomis is, one, he doesn't have as memorable lines as the first one. Like, his writing wasn't as good. Don't get me wrong, Donald Pleasant still played him, I think, well. It was still a decent performance, and he's always good at his acting and his mannerisms. But I just don't feel like the writing was as strong. He wasn't he wasn't as subdued this time. Like, a lot of the things I enjoyed about Loomis in the first film was just how he, he just had this kind of presence about him Donald presence. <laughs> no, I don't know. He just had this presence about him that he, the way he carried himself, he was just kind of like he was very commanding. But he always he didn't always have to like freak out to get that commanding presence. Whereas this time it was pretty much all freak outs. So yeah, this time was a little bit different, and he really just didn't. He wasn't as the, much of like he wasn't as in the focus this time. I feel like even though Michael got some decent screen time last time, I feel like the, I feel like Loom, like he took a lot more of Loomis's screen time. I feel like Michael got a lot more focus this time, a lot more, like he was shown a lot more. I felt like, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't feel like Loomis got as much out of this one.
1: Yeah. And the Michael stuff I went into this movie, knowing Mark Michael was going to get more screen time, but a lot of his screen time, I feel like is compressed into the last 25 minutes. Um, so it didn't feel as noticeable to me. And Loomis is really, I mean, he, he he's sort of like sort of the the connecting wire between part one and part two because it's not Laurie, in my opinion. It's got to be Loomis. Laurie doesn't really do anything in this movie. Uh, so yeah, it's just a uh, flailing madman. I, I agree with you. I don't. It didn't. It didn't work the same way. I I feel like Don Pleasance is giving it hundred percent, but it just. Um, I think this is just again different directors. You know, a different guy in the seat in Don Pleasance is just, uh, he's just trying to make lemonade. I feel like Rick Rosenthal just had a very different idea of what he wanted to do with Loomis. Or he had a very different idea of where Loomis was going. Right. Like, part one was a descent, you know, part two is the bottom. And now Loomis is just playing flying, flying a pistol in front of kids like that. Just, <laughs> I know. Is that? I, I guess he was just trying to show where Loomis was as, as someone who's, like, falling apart now. The descent is over. He just wanted to show right. Loomis is a cra- crazy person now. But... And I, I get it, but I just I don't think it translated. I don't think it had enough screen time to really make that work.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I wasn't as yeah, it just wasn't as strong for the character, which I do like Loomis quite a bit, so that's a shame. Not bad. Not bad still, but yeah, he was kind of that as you said, flailing madman. Wacky inflatable arm tube man wielding a gun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good part about, you know, Donald Pleasance. He so can only be so bad. Like It's like Christopher Lee. I mean, Christopher Lee has a very... I mean, a a small margin of bad. You can't... I mean, he's still fun when he's on screen. He knows how to work the camera in front of him, so...
0: All right, well, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to Laurie Strode. So, my initial thoughts on her... Pretty defeated in this movie. Uh, Not much of a factor. She felt very... Like, she... I mean, she she didn't feel like the main character here, even though... Obviously, the story was still centered around her as much as it was around Michael, I guess you could say, maybe even more so Michael this time around. Uh, She just felt like a, other than the last 20, 30 minutes where, you know, the whole, you know, following around the hospital and stuff, she just felt, I don't know, she didn't have that strong female overcoming the odds type of thing. She felt, like I said, very defeated, doesn't do a whole lot, wearing a wig, you know, that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, that's uh it's hard to talk about Lori because she doesn't do a lot of stuff. She basically sleeps and then like at the like the hour point she just kinda runs around the hospital and that's it. Like I mean I mean she was fine, like you know, I she gave a great performance. I really believe Jamie Lee Curtis was sleeping in those scenes, but that's (laughs) I just don't know. I don't know what else to say. I I okay, let me put it this way. Her acting was almost too good in the sense that it contrasted with all like the the low budget actors in the hospital. I, I almost feel like there was too much of a foil between her acting and everyone else's acting. So it almost was. I don't know, it it felt almost out of place how good of an actress she was compared to the B-list actors around her. And that was kind of distracting. Like when you see her, like, you know, asking the doctor what's going on, and the doctor's all like all drunk <laughs> I just yeah. I don't know it's weird it's strange um I don't I wish I had more to say on her but that's really all I got other than yeah. that she was fine
0: yeah no I agree there's just not a whole lot there which is a shame cuz obviously Jamie Lee Curtis is great and she was fantastic in the first one but yeah she just kind of she's just kind of there uh and then finally we have Michael Myers of course if you want to take the lead on this
1: one just the movements very different in this movie. I just feel like he moved. I don't. You kind of touched on it earlier. He doesn't seem like a ghost anymore. He just seems kind of like a tired, worn out old man. And that's kind of how he how he walks around, and uh, posture is different. It feels like a different actor, but he still did a good job. Um, the The best shot in the movie was when the when the nurse found the doctor was dead, and Michael Myers comes into the lighting. That was right. such a great shot that was Um,
0: probably the closest to the first movie that they got with that one shot right there
1: indeed and um the i I feel like the mask is a bit of a problem uh the mask does not fit on his head correctly it's very loose around the neck and um that kind of takes the whole like the shape i feel like that illusion has been dispelled it's now a dude in a mask and it's unambiguous
0: it's not just that. Yeah. I mean, even like his posture, the whole thing, he looks puffy. I wonder if he had like shoulder pads on or something because even the coveralls, man, man. he looked pretty, I don't know, puffy. Like it just, he didn't look like a normal dude. He looked odd and just oddly shaped. And he, the collar was like, it was going straight up and just the whole neck area looked a lot different. Uh, I don't know. That's just one thing I noticed. Yeah, just overall, the actor, whoever played him, just felt different, And even the way he moved, like the way he walked, it was just very like his posture about the way he walked. I mentioned this in our first review. There's a very specific thing I think of when I think of Michael. And this time he was that very just straight up slow moving. I did not like and I know this is such an odd thing to complain about, but I did not like the weapon he was using for the whole film. The whole little tiny scalpel That, to me, just does not... That's not what I think of when I think of Michael Myers. I think big old, overly-sized butcher knife. And to me, that's more intimidating than this little eatsy, little dinky thing. You know, it's like if he was holding a screwdriver the whole time.
1: A small screwdriver. Yeah. I mean, when he definitely stabs people, you don't quite feel it the same way.
0: Right, right. I don't know. It just felt odd to me. I didn't like that so many of them were just with that little thing. It Just the little scalpel thing. I, didn't, I wasn't digging that. I wasn't digging the way he looked when he was just walking through the hallways very slowly with that little dinky thing in his hand. And he, like I said, the way his collar was, it was just very tight around his neck. Whereas in the original, I'm pretty sure it was a lot, like just the collar was more loosely, you know, kind of like the fawns or something where it was up, but it was more out. Like in this one, it was just, it was pretty like tightly around his neck, but still up. And like you said, the mask, made his head look bulbous and just it was loose it was weird you see his eyes a lot more i don't know it just felt felt odd i don't know it looked like the mask melted you know it was just just did not look the same
1: i was also confused about the eyes thing because lori shot him in the eyes do i understand that right
0: I, i mean that's the way they play it off even though it wouldn't i mean it doesn't make a whole lot of sense i mean she is obviously a sharpshooter but what 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 did you notice
1: well there's no bullet holes in the mask right so it had to be in the eye holes where the bullets went through right that's what they're implying i believe but you can see his eyes when (laughs) i mean during the scene i can i can kind of see the eyes through the mask
0: like when he's swinging around like randomly yeah weird yeah, I don't know what's you can you can even see the blood dripping from down his head. So like underneath the mask it's coming from another great eyes. shot by the way. That it is good. Really good, yeah. That is a good shot. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the intended to be the eyes, so I'm not I'm not entirely sure there. Don't know how that adds up, but uh, but yeah. I, I don't know. Just It wasn't bad. It wasn't like a bad performance as Michael. I'm not trying to make it sound like it was awful or or anything like that, or the look was awful. It just didn't feel as good as the original. And I think that's kind of what the whole movie amounts to wrapping this back up is it wasn't bad. I wouldn't classify this as a horrible movie or anything. I just don't think when you are comparing it to the original, which we have to, because that's what, that's what we're doing here. uh, It just, it just felt so far below the original. Like it, it dropped off significantly from the high of the original. So, I mean, Michael, Lori, Loomis, I mean, they all fall into that category of just not being on the same level as they were before. And that's a shame. The, just the way the shots are done, Michael in general, like there's very few shots of him in the dislike, like, just you don't see as many of the shots like you did in the first one where he's in the background and you hardly even notice him like he's in the window or something. You, there's just not as many of those great shots of Michael. There's not as great setups for Michael. It's very slashery where he just pops out. Now he just pops out, slashes them, like s- stabs them with their with his knife, and then it's over. Like I don't know, it just doesn't doesn't seem as visceral. Doesn't seem as brutal. Now it's just more. I pop up and I stab you with this little teeny scalpel knife.
1: It felt much more clockwork too. This movie was a much more difficult sitting, but when, when Michael Myers finally shows up, it's like, with the exception of the doctor's office, for the most part, you know exactly what's going to happen. Um, And a lot of that psychologically, just seeing the movie as a kid, there's no really, there's no way to undo that. But still though, um, just, uh,
0: Man, this was a
1: tough sitting for me. This was it was really really difficult sitting through this movie. Um which makes me a little nervous because I haven't seen 4 or 5 yet. So I'm thinking if this was hard, how bad is Rob Zombie's Halloween going to be? How bad is Halloween 5 going to be if this was difficult? Um I mean I
0: don't, I don't I don't even know where I rate 4 and 5. Obviously, I don't want to spoil my opinion of it before we get there. But, uh, I don't know. Is this the second best movie in the franchise? I don't know. I guess we'll find out when what your opinion is when we get there. I, I don't know. I feel like it's probably the one that hits closest to the original, but in a way that almost hurts it. you know, like when you're trying to be, when you're trying to be something that's already really good and you're trying to mimic that, but failing, is that better than another movie which take like part four that doesn't really try and recapture the original. It tries to do a little bit more of its own thing with its own beats. Then I feel like you can judge four a little bit more on its own merit versus two, for example, whereas two it's like, it was so obviously so trying to be the original that it only had, it was only, it was, it was only going to fail unless they really knocked it out of the park Whereas I don't, I don't look at like four and five and so on and so forth on that same with those same lenses on, I guess. But we'll get to those when we get to them, Rob Zombies included. (laughs) Uh, As far as this movie, I, I think we've covered it all, and yeah, that would be Halloween two. So next up, we're gonna have Halloween three for our next review, which obviously everyone knows, does not feature Michael Myers because they tried to take it in more of an anthology series. So we'll see uh, how that goes, how that viewing goes. As for this rating, go ahead and give your rating, sir. What would you rate it out of our letter system? We gave Halloween 1. I believe you gave it an A minus. Correct. Uh And I gave it an A. So what would you give Halloween 2?
1: man i i gotta give it a it's an f i hate to say it but it's an f this movie was rough man it was super rough
0: oh it was
1: kind of frustrating too like the whole michael myers getting shot twice in the head and then like 10 times in the chest and he's fine like oh i mean I, i i don't have a problem with it but it's like the characters never engage the mysteries. Like, why can Michael Myers not die? They never even really address it. And that just really was frustrating for me. The first half, honestly, the movie gave me a headache. Like, it just it goes everywhere. And I, I don't know who any of these people are, so I spend time with them. I'm invested. And it just goes from group of people to group of people to set piece to set piece. I was just so tired. And it does pick up in the last 25 minutes, but again, it just they're just doing the Halloween one thing again, so it's just, uh, yeah. I did not want to get this, give this an F. I was actually muttering to myself at when the credits rolled. I was like, "Man, I don't want to go on the podcast and give the movie a fucking F," but I don't want to lie to anybody either. So, my opinion. If you guys disagree, let me know why in the comments.
0: All right. Well, I did not see that coming. <laughs> so Neither, should... did Neither did I. <laughs> that was much uh, much lower than I would have expected. So I've been, I, I've jumped around on where I'm going to rate this. Ultimately, I got to go, man, I, I've been between, I don't even want to say what it's between, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to give it a B minus. Ah, man, ah, it's tough. Like, yeah, B minus, and that's being generous. And that's, I don't know, man. It's It's got some good elements, and I don't know. It's like, i i know what's coming and i know this still is a michael that i i at least still enjoy the looks of still enjoy certain aspects of and i feel like as far as it is a negative that they tried so far like to stick to the original as close as possible and mimic that tone and everything i kind of appreciate getting a little bit more even if it isn't as good but at the same time it's also a, a detractor from the movie So I'm going to go B
1: minus as much as... I feel like the right way to watch this movie is to watch the first one, wait a couple of years, and then when you're really kind of itching for more Michael, that's when you pop in part two. I feel like we watched this movie the wrong way. I feel like (laughs) you definitely don't watch these two movies consecutively. I don't know if that's a good idea because there's no way you can get the first one out of your head.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too generous on it. I'm... I, it to me, it's, it was all, I, like, I was dancing between C plus and B minus, and I, I'm already like, no, nah, I gotta go C plus, I really just, it's like, it's just, I feel like as much as it does right, it does one or two more things wrong, and that's what bothers me about it, is this could have been so much better, but they, it just feels, I don't know, it really suffers from the cliches and trying too hard to be... More of a slasher movie, less of a Halloween 1 type of movie. So yeah, I'll finalize on C+. Plus. You gave it an F, I give it a C+. Plus. We'll end it there. So tune in next time. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you like the video. Share it. Subscribe if you haven't already. But more importantly, uh, leave a comment and let us know what you rate the movie, what you thought of the movie, your pros, your cons. What did you feel after viewing this movie? And then we will see you guys soon for Halloween 3, the season of the witch.
1: Yeah, take care, everybody. Adios. I shot him six times. What? I shot him six times. I I shot him in the heart. Come on. I shot him six times.